And we're off. How are y'all doing? This is Friday, July 29th, 2022 AD. Let me make sure I can hear my... Uh, that's my Odyssey. I like to make sure that my Odyssey audio is going. Because for a while, they weren't going. I'm streaming on all platforms. I am back on YouTube. I've been back for some time now. And we're going to have a fun, loosey-goosey Friday show, although I do have quite a lot to cover. I want to honor, finally, a White History Month hero. This is the last day of Hake in White History Month of 2022 A.D. Next week will be Men's History Month. The last day of White History Month for the uh, year is Sunday, July 31st. And that will be church with J.C. Lee Peterson, guys. I'm going to cover a, uh, a true hero, a legend in white history, white American history. Um, not that I know much about him, but... And you guys know even more, may know even more than, more than I, some of you our resident historians. And then, in contrast, some weak males living today, although there are some decent, strong, logical men out there. Tucker Carlson, Donald J. Trump, JLP, and uh, Nick Stream, host of Nick Stream, Nicolas, who's going to be on later today. And there is a Fallen State episode today. Jesse Ventura, though, is not one of the strong, solid men living today. He's weak. He's a phony. So I'm going to cover all that, guys. Anything else? Anything else? Oh, yeah. And Adam Kinzinger is another weak male. And I do have a clip 11 to share with you guys. I will share it with you. But anyway, guys, all that and your calls, if you would like to call in. But let's get right on with the show! praying for the persecuted white men and even persecuted cops if you can believe it yes we the people the non-cops many persecuted as well and uh let's do it y'all doing? I am fine. Oh, heck yes. Sorry, kids. Clip 11 and the AJ Gallardo original Hake Report theme song. Yes, indeed, guys. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. The real Mr. It's the real Mr. Mad. M-A-D, capital D. Says, nice stretched out polyester shirt with a stench. Hake. Huh. How'd you know? I, th- I think it's cotton, and it smells pretty good. 
I, <laughs> I guess I won't give you that detail. Uh, also, can you please state your pronouns for the visually impaired? Oh, yeah. My name is James Hake. I have uh, a little bit of the wet look, red hair, brownish red hair, uh, brownish hazel eyes, a shiny forehead, a close trimmed beard, and a beautiful, and a beautiful t-shirt. It says outside. That I got from Communist Co-op REI. Recreational Equipment Incorporated? Something like that, I don't know. Uh, oh, I forgot to say the pronouns part. <laughs> what a mess. Because remember those, have you guys ever seen those videos? There's one video where these people like describe themselves for the visually impaired and say, oh, my pronouns. Or he, her. He, her. <laughs> Terrible. Let's keep on moving, guys. Um, I want to actually, I actually want to get right started with this White History Month uh, feature. It is the closing of White History Month. And normally I have covered this guy earlier in the month, sometimes, some years. But this is a, a late, the late great white man... General Robert E. Lee, per Wikipedia, because we don't give you guys misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. Far be it from Hake ever to give you conspiracy theorists. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Robert Edward Lee, born January 19th, 1807. Wow. Died, allegedly, October 12th, 1870 was a Confederate general, per Wikipedia, who ser- and Wikipedia, I should be using infogalactic.com, right? Infogalactic.com? They're more sensible. But anyway, uh, served the Confederate States of America in the American so-called Civil War. And we don't call it that anymore. I was told by a, uh, a uh, former co-worker that it is called the War of Northern Aggression. That's what we call it. We real, uh, true Americans. The War of Northern Aggression. During which Robert E. Lee, General Robert E. Lee, was appointed the overall commander of the Confederate States Army. And I have a ton of pictures of this guy and, uh, and sta- some statue pictures of him and some, uh, and some stamps, postage stamps pictures of him. Remember postage stamps? And a uh, picture of like his, uh, his, uh, the monument to him after he died. And all kinds of different things. Him young, him older. He died at 63. 63 years old. But, uh, so you can just kind of like slideshow through these as you see fit while I'm giving this long treatise on him. Look at him. There he is. On his house, horse, not house, called Traveler, I think, is the name of his horse. General Lee on his, on his horse. Uh, he was appointed overall commander of the Confederate States Army. He led the Army of Northern Virginia, the Confederacy's most powerful army, from 1862 until its surrender, 1865. During the war, Lee earned a solid reputation as a skilled tactician. Tactics, right? Look at him young. Look at him all young. I think he's like 
in his 30s, early 30s at this point. That may be a painting of him, but look at that. Man, did you guys look like that when you were in your 30s? All dressed up, all fancy. Um, solid guy, seemingly. During the war, Lee earned a reputation for being a skilled tactician for which he was revered by his officers and men as well as respected and feared by his adversaries in the so-called Union Army, the Northern Aggressors. A son of a Revolutionary War officer, Henry Light Horse Harry Lee III. Light Horse Harry is the nickname. It's not an Indian name. I don't think that this guy was necessarily part Indian, American Indian. There he is with his son, General Lee at... He's like 38 years old. Look at that man face and, and a son. Man. All dressed up, too. How times have changed. Henry Lighthorse Harry Lee III was a Revolutionary War officer, and he was the father of General Robert E. Lee. Lee was a top graduate of the United States Military Academy, an exceptional officer and military engineer in the United States Army for 32 years. 32 years. During this time, and this is before the so-called Civil War. During this time, he served throughout the United States, distinguished himself during the Mexican-American War, Served as superintendent of the United States Military Academy. He married Mary Anna Curtis Lee, great-granddaughter to George Washington's wife, Martha. When uh, Virginia's 1861 Richmond Convention declared secession from the Union, Lee chose to follow his home state because loyalty to the state meant something. The state, your states, individual states, because states had rights back then. Local authority, not Nash, not the feds coming in and meddling with their meddling fingers. Corrupt feds. Shameful. Lee chose to follow his home state despite his desire for the country to remain intact. And despite an offer from the, of a senior Union command. He could have been a commander in the Union Army. There he is as a, I think he's in his early 40s at this point. This is a picture of him. With just a mustache. They, uh, he, he shaved off his chops. Or somebody shaved them off for him. Nice. During the first year of the Civil War, he served as senior military advisor for the Confederate President Jefferson Davis. Who, I believe, may, may too have been a, another white history American hero. People pretend that the South was un-American or traitors or something like that. Uh, I doubt that. Not the, uh, not these honorable men. These men had a better handle on what it meant to be American, I say, than uh, most quote-unquote public servants today. In 1865, General Lee, this is, I guess, after the war of Northern Aggression, after it ended, became president of Washington College, later called Washington and Lee University, in Lexington, Virginia. In that position, he supported reconciliation between North and and South. A reasonable man, I guess. Lee accepted the extinction of slavery provided by the the 13th Amendment, but opposed so-called racial equality, no such thing, for so-called African Americans, which is not what they were called. They were called blacks or something. 
They were not called African Americans. That came around in like the 60s or maybe a little bit before that, who knows. But that's dumb. A hero. As a commander of the Army of Northern Virginia, he fought most of his battles against armies of significantly larger sizes. Managed to win many of them. General Lee. After whom the, uh, look at that man. Dang. Reminds me of the great Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Just no nonsense. Sitting at his desk. Fancy chair. Awesome chair. Beautiful white history chair. (laughs) Uh, Great suit. Meanwhile, Hake is just in his stretched out. It's not polyester. It's cotton. 100% cotton, guys. Outside shirt from a communist uh, co-op. REI. Man, look at this. Look at the contrast. There he is. He's sitting like that. I'm sitting like this. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe one day I could be as great as the great Confederate General Robert E. Lee and American hero, truly. Man, he's being drugged through the mud. And, you know, he didn't want to... I heard that he didn't want a uh, monument to himself. Which, in my opinion, that makes him even greater and more worthy of those monuments that they set up for him. Anyway, uh, built up a collection of talented subordinates, notably, most notably, James Longstreet, Stonewall Jackson, whom I learned about a little bit in eighth grade or something, and J.E.B. Stewart, who along with Lee were critical of the Confederacy's battlefield, critical to the Confederacy's battlefield success. In spite of its success, two major strategic offensives into the Union territory both ended in failure, supposedly. Lee's aggressive and risky tactics, especially at Gettysburg, which resulted in high casualties at a time when the Confederacy had a shortage of manpower, came under, have come under criticism. Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking. Look at that man with his sword. The gray uh, Confederate suit. I don't know if it's a gray suit, but whatever. Early life, his father suffered financial reverses from failed investments. His father, who was a uh, Revolutionary War officer, Lighthorse, Henry Lighthorse something, Lee, and he was put in debtor's prison. His father was put in debtor's prison. Henry Lighthorse Harry Lee III was put in debtor's prison. The good old days when men who didn't pay back, were put in, thrown into debtor's prison. How much more full would the prisons be? You know all these blacks and others who don't pay their bills back? They, uh, they should be thrown in debtor's prison and be forced to work off their debt. Not just be forgiven. Loan forgiveness. I mean, these college, this college scam, it's a scam, but these... College students who don't pay back their debt, they should be thrown in debtor's prison and then made to work. Put them on the chain gang. He was, this uh, Robert E. Lee was brought up a practicing Christian. Not confirmed to the Episcopal Church, though, until age 46. And that's back when the Episcopalians, I assume, were more honorable than they are today. Episcopalians, man. Uh, Typical liberal Christians. Here he is with a bunch of uh, other generals and staff and soldiers, I think. Look at these men. It's cool. I have some details on his Arlington plantation. 
1857, his father-in-law, George Washington Park Custis, died, creating a serious crisis when Lee took over the burden of executing the will. Custis's will encompassed vast land holdings and hundreds of slaves balanced against massive debts, required Custis's former slaves to be emancipated by my ex- executors in such manner as to my exeters may seem most expedient and proper, the said emancipation to be accomplished in not exceeding five years from the time of my decease. The estate was in disarray, and the plantations had been poorly managed and were losing money, so General Lee tried to hire an overseer to handle the plantation in his absence, writing to his cousin, I wish to get an energetic, honest farmer who, while he may be considerate and kind to the Negroes, See, they were called Negroes. They weren't called African Americans. Give me a break. Much more, much better name. What, what would you want to be called if you were black? A Negro or African American? Please. The former, obviously. Will be firm. He wants an energetic, honest, energetic farmer who will be firm and make them do their duty. But General Lee failed to find a man for the job and hired two had to take a two-year leave of absence from the army in order to run the plantation himself. If you want a job done right, even back then, you got to do it yourself. He had strict expectations and harsh punishments of the slaves. Nice. A man on the Arlington plantation nearly led to a slave revolt. Here he is. This is Stone Mountain. That's him, Stonewall Jackson, and another guy whom I apologize to the uh, people who may know, but one of these guys is... Somebody else whom I can't remember the name of. But he nearly faced a slave revolt since many of the slaves had been given to understand that they would be free as soon as Custis died. No, the guy said five, not more than five years after I die. His father-in-law, right? His mother's, uh, his wife's father, I guess. They protested angrily at the delay. Ungrateful slaves. In May of 1858, Lee wrote to his son Rooney, Quote, I have had some trouble with some of the people. Reuben, Parks, and Edward, in the beginning of the previous week, rebelled against my authority. Those are great names, right? Reuben, Parks, and Edward. Honorable uh, names. There he is with more guys. Refused to obey my orders and said that they were free, as free as I was, etc., etc. <laughs> I like how he said etc., etc., I succeeded in capturing them and lodging them in jail. They resisted till overpowered and called upon the other people to rescue them. Less than two months after they were set, sent to Alexandria jail, Lee decided to remove these three men and three female house slaves from Arlington and sent them under lock and key to the slave trader William Overton Winston in Richmond, who was instructed to keep them in jail and kill until he could find good and responsible slaveholders to work them until the end of the five-year period. Nice. That's man's work. By 1860, only one slave family was left intact on the estate. Some of the families have been together since the, their time at Mount Vernon. I thought that slaves weren't allowed to have their families. I thought that they were all broken up. Nope. They were not all broken up. A lot of times they were kept together as families. We are Christian slave owners. <laughs> or were. <laughs> they were. Uh, not me. I wouldn't even want it. Uh, 
And they're all over-involved in this guy's life and his dealings with the slaves. Because you know how the, these people, like, scrutinize them, morally judge them as though they're good, such great moral judges, these fake historians today, propagandists, dumb liberals. So here's Lee's views on slavery, if anybody cares. While Lee helped to assist individual slaves to freedom in Liberia, Liberia, Addison, Africa, uh, and provided for their emancipation on his own will, he believed the enslaved should be eventually freed in a general way, not only at some unspecified future date as part of God's purpose. See? He believed in God. He didn't believe in war to, like, free the slaves. Please. Emancipation would sooner come from Christian impulse, he said, among slave masters before storms and tempests of fiery controversy like the communists wanted. You know, Karl Marx himself was all glad about the so-called civil war, I think. He was all glad about the abolitionists who don't want to let people do their thing and uh, come to what's right naturally. He wants people to to force their false idea of love and false idea of justice on the people. So wrong. So evil. Think about that. 600,000 American men died in the Civil War. And what good did it do? It made, I think, the country's worse off after that. All kinds of resentment. To this day, they're they're worse to the South today than they were uh, 100 years ago, I think. Anyway. Uh... Countering Southerners who argued for slavery as a positive good, Lee, in his well-known analysis of slavery in an eight, from an 1856 letter, um, I'll, show you, I'll tell you it in a second, called it a moral and political evil. While both Lee and his wife were supposedly disgusted with slavery, they defended it against abolitionist demands for immediate emancipation for all enslaved. Lee argued slavery was bad for white people, and, yeah, claiming that he found slavery bothersome and time-consuming. I can imagine that as an everyday institution to run. In an 1856 letter to his wife, he maintained slavery was a great evil, but primarily due to adverse impact it had on the white people. Indeed, in this enlightened age, this is a quote from his letter, supposedly, to his wife, there are few, I believe, but what will acknowledge that slavery as an institution is a moral and political evil in any country. It is useless to expatiate on its disadvantages. I think it, however, a greater evil to the white man than to the black race. That's right. And while my feelings are strongly enlisted in behalf of the latter, the blacks, my sympathies are more strong for the former, the whites. The black and And why not? The blacks are immeasurably better off here than in Africa, morally, socially, and physically, he said. I believe that, too. The painful discipline they are undergoing is necessary for their instruction as a race? Isn't that nice? And I hope will prepare and lead them to better things. It did for a while. They've never had it so good. Uh, How long their subjugation may be necessary is known and ordered by a wise, merciful providence, also known as God. Isn't that nice? What a logical man. So good. Look at him. That's a statue of him that was put up later, decades perhaps after he died. Maybe less than a decade after he died. I think it was a few decades after 
maybe even in the uh, 1900s. Um, unlike, uh, according to the, in the Civil War, oh, by the way, he had a run-in with that, that terrorist. Remember that terrorist, that communist hero, dead terrorist, John Brown, scumbag, led a band of 21 abolitionists who seized the federal arsenal at Harper's Ferry, Virginia, in October 1859, hoping to incite a slave rebellion. President James Buchanan gave General Lee command of detachments of militia, soldiers, and United States Marines to suppress the uprising and arrest its leaders. Nice. By the time General Lee arrived that night, the militia on the site had surrounded John Brown, the scumbag, terrorist, traitor to America, not a Christian probably, and his hostages. At dawn, the terrorist scumbag John Brown refused to demand the demand for surrender. Lee attacked and Brown and his followers were captured after three minutes of fighting. <laughs> losers! People are trying to call the, uh, the Confederates losers. No, they're your brothers. You're a loser. Uh, Lee's summary report of the episode shows General Lee believed it was the attempt of a fanatic or a madman. Yep. Lee said that Brown achieved temporary success by creating panic and confusion and by magnifying the number of participants involved in the raid. What an evil person. Is he not? Uh, did I mention this, this according, about the Civil War? Unlike many, many Southerners who expected a glorious war, General Lee correctly predicted it as protracted and devastating. Nice, man. He sounds like he was a fair-minded man, even based on the corrupt liberal Wikipedia thing. And God cried, by the way, when he died. He suffered a stroke and then died of pneumonia, according to the reports, right? At 63, I think. There was unprecedented rain in the area. Look at this beautiful uh, mausoleum or whatever. They, I don't know. little monument thing. Statue of him laying sleeping in the field. I think that's like a casket for him. It, Updated casket. They couldn't get a casket to him. Look at those beautiful flags. Beautiful American Confederate Southern flags. Our brothers of, in the South. Died at 63. He was just under six feet. He was about six feet tall. Maybe just under six feet. According to when I searched it. Reportedly his body was buried in a small coffin and he had was buried without shoes because the coffin was just too small, I guess. Um, so he entered heaven walking barefoot on holy ground. Viewer USA says John Brown is kind of epic, actually. I don't know. You may know more than I do. I just do that because, uh, I just do that. I just say that he's a scumbag terrorist and traitor. Because look at the people who, who love him. Maze from Dayton, Ohio. Why would you love him, Maze? <laughs> and then that communist guy who appeared on the uh, old throwback that appeared on the Jason Lee Peterson uh, YouTube channel. 
It's also on Odyssey and Rumble and BitChute. Uh, Adam Lerman, the guy from BAM, B-A-M-N, by any means necessary. He liked John Brown. The communists love John Brown. The past doesn't exist, Hake. Where is General Lee now? Perhaps in heaven, I don't know. So, uh, rest in peace, a great man in White History, White History Month. Happy White History Month, everybody. I will be reading your super chats um, and getting, look at that. Look at that. This is supposedly Robert E. Lee's, General Lee's life in uh, stained glass at a, at a church. I wonder if he was a saint. You know, the Christians are supposedly the saints. Look at him on that horse. Traveler, may have, maybe that's the name of his horse. A uniter, kind of like Trump. A, a unifier. So anyway, thank you guys for bearing with me through the beautiful... And they're, they've made stamps of him and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, let me get to Richard, a caller in North Carolina, on the line... Richard, how you doing? Hey, doing, Hank. Hey, doing so fine. You're right, Robert E. Lee was one of the best. Unfortunately, he had a heart problem, which caused him his eventually mental decline and his death. Wow. So is that so, what caused his stroke? Yeah, my dad did a medical history. wrote it Wrote it for the Southern Medical Journal. Wow. About how he was. Yeah, after he lost uh, uh, Stonewall. Which was was his right adjunct, his right man. Man, he was basically he didn't he didn't have anybody else he could trust, and he, that's why that's why he was screwed up so much after Stonewall died because he was already suffering mentally. Oh wow! So ouch. And it, it, and if you don't know already, um, there was also Johnson's army, the Tennessean army, in the Confederate uh, Tennessee army that was uh, assembled under Johnson to try to stop Sherman's destructive march to the south. Which Johnson? What's the first name of that Johnson guy? Oh, I, I'm trying to remember his first name right now. Um, I have to look it up again. But um, there's a lot of battlegrounds around here. Actually, I don't uh, live far from a, a skirmish between uh, Sherman's cavalry and Johnson's uh, guys on a train trying to uh, get to Greensboro, thinking that they could meet up with Lee, not knowing that Lee already surrendered at Adamax uh, Courthouse. Oh, so Johnson eventually did surrender in Durham at Bennett's place after he learned that Lee was not coming to rescue him. Yeah. So, um, but he still had 30,000 men on the books and another 40,000 scattered amongst in, in the South in the, ten, in the Tennessee area, too. Yeah. But uh, Johnson did, there was a battle in Aversburg that was, uh, uh, when Sherman was, he had two flanks, right and left. I'm trying to remember what, what flank they fought in Aversburg to try to delay it. And it did was successful. Then Bennettonville happened, and Johnson was crushing Sherman's one of Sherman's flanks. Nice. But unfortunately, his other flank double marched, and and on the second day, Johnson had to had to eventually uh, retreat. Ouch. So, but you know, if, if 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 Sherman's other flank didn't show up, Sherman would have been destroyed. And the destructive march to the south would have been would have been halted. Yeah. You know, my grandpa was from Virginia. He was born in, born in Virginia, but he moved to L.A. at, like, I think his family moved him at, at like, age three. I might have mentioned that at the beginning of 
Was that White History Month when I did that? I might have. I don't remember. But yeah, uh, and 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 Lee's actual words to the war, to the Ministry of War was, "Thank the president for his invitation for for the command, but I cannot betray my brothers and sisters of Virginia." Yeah. So the President Lincoln offered him a command of the Union Army, the Northerners. Oh, oh yeah, because he knew Lee was a proficient military leader. Yeah. Yep. Because he was a colonel at the time in, in, the, in the U.S. Army. And he helped big time with prior wars, like the Mexican-American War. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He knew, he knew what he was doing, but, you know, but in the Civil War, Stonewall was his, was his you know, main adjunct, was his, was his, was his direct subordinate. And after he got killed by Lee's own men, I think it was, I, I forget exactly when, uh, yeah, Longstreet was good, but Longstreet was a moron compared to Stonewall. Wow. Interesting. So, you know, yeah, Long, Longstreet knew battle, but that he couldn't, but he needed, he needed uh, Lee, a good leader like Stonewall, you know, to, to you know, to uh, organize him. Nice. So anyhow, when, when Stonewall got killed, uh, what happened is they thought he was a he was a a, a, a Yankee, and Stonewall said Holt, and they said Holt, you Yankee, and Stonewall said you morons, I'm a I'm Stonewall Jackson. No, you're a Yankee traitor. You're a Yankee, and he shot him right there off his horse. So he was shot by friendly fire. Yeah, he was killed by uh, uh, Lee's men. He thought he was a Yankee. Oh man. Really? Are you serious, man? That would yeah, mess I'm with. Yeah, serious. That... He was killed by he was killed by he was killed by Lee's own men. Is that what messed Lee up? He was uh. Yeah, that, well, Lee was already starting to have mental decline, but Stonewall kept them together. Uh huh. Wow. But after Stonewall, yeah, because Lee wrote in his memoirs after Stonewall says, "I have suffered a grievous wound I will never be able to recover from." Wow. Ouch. Man. Interesting, man. I appreciate the history lesson. A lot of it kind of went over my head, of course. Yeah. But well, my my dad did a lot of uh, research in Virginia because that's where they have uh, memoirs of his. And actually, one last thing: yeah. in Wilmington, North Carolina, he has his great great granddaughter there. They got their estate taken away, but but there's there's still a memorial to him in uh, Wilmington. And the uh, and the and the family still wants their state back, but the, the the U.S. government refuses to give it to them. Wow, what a mess! Yeah, it is. Well, because Lee was a great man. Yes, he he was a rebel, but it, the Constitution said if if states don't like what's going on with the U.S. government, they have the right to succeed. Yeah, they called them rebels, but that's that wasn't really a. I mean, he did. Lee himself was not necessary. He was not eager to secede, but he said secession is fine if, like, that's if that if we've exhausted all peaceful means, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I heard. And anyway. and um, well, there's something else. Um, we did win Bull Run or Manassas, and actually, he put back the Union troops so hard. If they were more organized, they would have probably uh, they probably would have sacked D.C. Wow, interesting. That's man. how close it was to, uh, to having you know D.C. be burned down. Yeah, and that was the first major engagement. You know that you know between two of the two armies, and the South didn't even have gray coats. They were actually wearing blue. There was much confusion on the field. Oh. The Union thought there was reinforcements, but it was actually Confederacy charging them. Oh, my gosh. And they didn't realize the Confederacy until you heard the rebel yell. So when did the... Oh, they heard the rebel yell, and that's when they realized? That's funny. Yeah. 
What was the rebel yep. yell? You know when they go. Oh, okay. they start yelling, you know, when they start uh, yelping and screaming, and okay. it demoralizes Union troops because it makes them sound larger than they actually are. Right. Nice. And also, and also, um, so when did they get the gray coats? Hmm? I'm sorry. When did they get the gray coats? When did coats? they get gray coats? Within a couple of years, when the South started producing, because oh, when man. the South started, they, <laughs> they raided Union. They started. They raided Union stockades. Nice. That weren't were, that weren't pro- properly guarded, right? You know, with enough men, and and you're right. The uh, General Robert E. Lee uh, did so much with so little. I mean, he was a military genius. Yeah. And Stonewall was was what it would lead his own troops in battle. He would he would be in the front, you know, going charge charge. You know, Virginia and uh, my men of Virginia charge against these Yankee bastards. Uh huh. <laughs> Teach, wow. them, teach them the theory of the South. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You should go to North Carolina sometime. There's a lot of battlegrounds around here. Okay. Right I on, do it man. regularly. Every, every month I go to a couple of them. That's cool. Well, it's yeah, great to hear anyhow, from you, Richard. Man, yeah, you, you take care. You have a fun day and a good weekend. Thank you, man. Same to you. Take All care. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye. <laughs> Uh, some super chats before I get back to calls. Hang tight, callers. 888-775-3773. But I saw a couple of super chats and some interesting uh, comments over here on streamlabs.com slash the Hague Report. Based America First says, benefits of immigration? Mexican-born Texas GOP darling Mayra Flores, Mayra Flores, Citizenship by marrying a Customs and Border Protection agent. Wow. Voted to give amnesty to hundreds of thousands of foreign nationals in the National Defense Authorization Act. Ran away from so-called white nationalist reporters. What? That Myra Flores lady? Young woman? I think she's younger than me. Roughly my age, maybe. Plus or minus. And, uh, oh, yeah, we ousted a long-held Democrat seat. And she's, is she really giving amnesty? And she really has citizenship by marrying the Customs and Border Protection agent, who himself is Hispanic, by the way, and voted give amnesty to hundreds of thousands of foreigners in the National Defense Authorization Act and ran away from reporters. Did she call them white nationalists? Reporters? I wish. (laughs) I wish reporters were so-called white nationalists. Wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, Based America First with another super chat. The O'Biden administration, that's the Obama leftover, third term administration, says the U.S. economy is working perfectly. This is true. Natural economic behavior has not changed. Do people realize the government is a bad actor deliberately using economic processes to make life tough for everybody, so then they can, and then, and I, and I add, so they can swoop in and pretend that they're saving us. Oh, yeah. They love the people to be just desperate enough to support their mess. Viewer USA says, John Brown is basically ye old January 6th Not hardly, man. What in the world? He was kind of a fanatic, but his cause was just. You think so? The institution of slavery had become degenerate. You think so? 
Slavery itself isn't the sin, but the way they did it is. Who's they? Some may... I'm sure that there were uh, good and bad slave owners. That's what I learned. I don't know, viewer USA. You may know more than I. Jesse 2-1 says, General Washington, that's George Washington, General Lee, after whom the beautiful General Lee vehicle, what is that, a Dodge Charger? Something like that. That those Duke boys, Bo and Lou Duke, drove in the, in the uh, Dukes of Hazard TV show. Beautiful car, beautiful flag on top of that car. Flag motif, whatever you call it. General Patton. General uh, Patton. Washington, Lee, and Patton, the three best generals in the United States history. All three were white, says Jesse 2-1. Sherman, uh, the caller mentioned Sherman, Richard in North Carolina, I think. Sherman destroyed the South. Burning it up, I heard. Was he a good man or evil man or a winner? An American? A Union guy? Sherman was also an Ohioan, says uh, Viewer USA. My favorite Civil War general. Genius redhead Yankee. Are those a contradiction of terms? Can any redhead be a genius? (laughs) Or much less a Yankee? (laughs) No, I'm playing around. One of the most genius generals in all all-around world history at that. He got deep behind enemy lines and survived and won, says Viewer USA. Hmm. Uh, thank you for the feedback, guys. Let me get to Art in Ohio on the line. Art, how are you doing, man? Hey, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Hey, you got my uh, mother computer board over here scrambling and uh, it's malfunctioning right now <laughs> with the last caller because, uh, yeah, I like that last caller. He, uh, what he said about the General Lee and, and what he said Lincoln tried to get General Lee to uh, come over to the Union, right? Yeah. All right, so check this out real quick. So what was he saying that happened to Stone? Who shot Stonewall? I guess one of Lee's soldiers, or some of Lee's, General Lee's own soldiers, shot their, a fellow Confederate soldier and Confederate general, Stonewall Jackson, thinking that he was a Yankee. A Yankee guy. Wow. Huh. That don't, that don't sound right. Yeah. That don't sound right about that. Now, you got to keep in mind, like, you talking about back in the day, they had papers with people's face drawn on to them, and that's how they knew if you was a wanted person. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you mean to tell me you didn't know who a fellow soldier was? That don't add, that ain't adding up. And not just any fellow soldier, one of the top generals. One of the, exactly. uh, one of the, maybe a close friend of Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he said... And then he said that he never, uh, Robert E. Lee never, uh, never got over that. Yeah, that's what he said. And Lee predicted that Lee would never get over that. I don't know if you, Mm. if he was wise to doom himself with those words, but he was hurting after that. And it's understandable. Lee wrote, Go ahead, I'm listening. Um, okay, so 
Lee wrote after learning of his injuries, saying, Could I have directed events I would have chosen for the good of the country to be disabled in your stead? Jackson died of complications from pneumonia eight days after he was shot in 1863. Who said that quote? That's what General Lee wrote to Jackson after learning of his injuries. And I don't know if he saw that letter before he died. He had a Mm -hmm. fatal bullet withdrawn, examined, and found to be a 67 caliber, 0.67 inches, more than half an inch big, almost three three quarters of an inch big, uh, 17 millimeters, in service with the Confederate forces. Union troops in this same area were using 58 caliber caliber balls. Mm -hmm. One of the first Mm -hmm. instances of forensic ballistics identification derived from a firearm projectile. Wow. So you saying that? So it sounds like you said that General Lee was sent sent him a letter. Yeah, and then while in the while, I guess the sent him a letter after after hearing that he was shot and injured. Oh, after hearing he was shot. Okay, after yeah. hearing he was shot. Huh. I just so that sounds like some uh, some in house fighting because it don't make sense that that you would know who another a general was. It yeah, although who knows? You know because. I don't know if it was a case of mistaken identity, as this, as uh, my caller said. Like, he thought that he was a Union, union guy, a Yankee, but he's all, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Confederate general, I'm, I'm General uh, Stonewall Jackson. Brother Hake, stop. Stop yeah. real quick, Hake. Brother uh-huh. Hake. No, man. No, because you know that they would have bought, if he'd have said that, okay, okay, I'm, I'm General Jackson, or I used to be a general, I'm Jackson. You as a soldier, you gonna hold him there and go confirm that. You see what I'm saying? You ain't gonna. Sh- it don't make that. This I don't. I mean, that's how I'm thinking it would. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we gotta. Th- Who mean, knows though? Because in war, it's it's uh, it is. Conf- there's a lot of confusion, and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of time to think and stop and hold somebody because what if they know who you are? And they're an enemy. You can't be waiting uh-huh. around. You, like it's, it can be difficult to disarm somebody. Uh-huh. You can't nah, necessarily mind read. It may have been, but I say we leave it alone and not and not assume that it was a uh, yeah. inside job necessarily. Well, not, not, job. well not even an inside job. It was just something that, that, that the last caller said when he said that uh, he read something or something, seen something to where it was like, the G- General Jackson was the glue that kept everything, that kept right. uh, Lee and everything together. And I just find that awfully funny that uh, a piece like that to the puzzle, just you see what I'm saying? Just, that just happens to happen to him in yep. that type of way. And it just, with the last caller, just, just set something off when he had said that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm def- definitely like General Lee, though. It is unfortunate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds like a good, good, uh, a good general, but yeah. uh, I like uh, General Lee, and I'm with you. I like General Patton, but nice. c- in c- in current time, I definitely like General Flynn. Yeah, General Michael uh, Flynn. Michael Flynn is that his name? Three star yes, general. Sir, I'm thinking that is. And he was a nationalist, or is a nationalist, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. got rid of him. All yeah. the globalists they kept, the nationalists they got rid of from the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. The uh, deep state did. Yeah. What a shame. And I, I, heard, I was listening to this one channel, and they was talking about uh, 
the the national anthem or whatnot. Uh huh. And why uh black people should feel crazy for standing put their hands over their heart for the national anthem, you know. First we don't we don't idolize the flag or nothing, you know, we just we just pay we just pay tribute. We don't idolize statues. We just have statues there so when we pass by a, a kid, a baby might get be interested and want to know something about that. Right. So us as grown ups, we not idolized by them. They're just there to remind us of history. Right. But, uh, yeah, you show respect that, for your fellow Americans, especially the ones who were honorable men. Yeah. Yep. And uh, with the national anthem, uh, I, I don't feel like I should feel ashamed about me putting me as a Negro put my hands over my heart for a country that. Uh, was conquered by uh, whites and founded by whites, and Negroes played a part in that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of my ancestors died on this land, and they fought uh, as brave, strong men. Nice. So, no, I'm not ashamed of them dying and being uh, 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 being killed because they fought good. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah, this is, uh, this is my home. This is my, where my ancestors are from, so... No, I'm not ashamed to put my hand over my heart, because uh, this is uh, it's blood. It's it got my people's blood blood on it. So if any other nationality might have a problem with it, y'all y'all keep that to y'all self. You don't know. I know. See, uh, uh, my my blood and your your people's blood is over here was spilled over here. So somebody from somewhere else that ain't got no ties to America, you keep your feelings and your uh, what you think to yourself. I agree, man. You think about these people who want to just skip over all of American history. You know they, what they say to JLP. Oh, your people are from Africa. And Jesse's like, no, my people are from Alabama and America. Because think about how many generations came up, lived and died in America. And mm. even if it was just a couple of generations... That's huge. Those are the people closest to you. Those are the people you should honor. Yeah, yeah. Which is like I said, uh, you had you had uh, black Negroes in Negro Indians and Indians. They was fighting on both sides of the uh, Confederates in the Union. You know what I mean? So right. Uh, yep. And you can you can pull that into the t- t- today's times. You know, my brother uh, voted for the Biden. You see what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a straight Trump head. You see what I'm saying? Right. So you can draw that into. But what I'm saying is, no, I'm not ashamed about putting my hands over my heart for the American flag. And even if it is saying stuff about negative stuff or bad stuff uh, about what was going on with the slaves or fighting and stuff, oh, well, who cares? I know. Uh, my, pe- my people fall strong, and they people fall strong, and made the best man win. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so you know that's all. That was just something I, that, that I was hearing about. But I definitely like uh, Flynn, and I don't. I don't know if he's. I mean, just I know he had to be physically strong to be a a a, a, a three star general, and he yeah. had to be smart to be a three star general. But what what makes me like General Flynn is that uh, he doesn't he didn't crack under pressure. Nice, and, yeah. and they seriously try to put a lot of pressure on him. Just because of who he liked and what he and what he and what he stood and what he stands for, and he didn't and he didn't break. But I I know that a person like that tends to keep good strong other people and alphas like himself around. They alphas be around each other. Yeah, if he's strong like that. I'm pretty sure his other strong minded and 
good people around him like that. That's why he's still around, and he's where he's at right now. He's back on uh, free American soil. You know what? I noticed that neither he nor Trump, to my knowledge, ever said a bad word about each other. They never yeah, turned on each other despite that they parted ways. You know, they, I guess Trump may have asked him for his resignation or fired him or whatever because of him supposedly, quote unquote, lying to Pence. But you never saw them turning on each other in the public eye, unlike so many other people who even lasted seemingly towards the end. They, they got weak and turned on Trump. Flynn never turned on Trump. So no. I like that. Well, I feel like. I feel like that's all. I feel like that's the whole reason that uh, I feel like that's the whole reason why uh, Flynn went through what he went through. Because I think before Trump even got in the office, they already kind of knew he was about to get in the office. So they, I feel like Obama administration was trying to clean Flynn out. I think the Obama administration had a vendetta against Flynn. I don't know what yeah. the vendetta, and I got a, I got a spec, I got a, I got a, a good idea what it might have been about. Because I know what the Biden, uh, the, Biden uh, the, uh, the Obama administration was about, but that's where it started from. They wanted to try to remove Flynn uh, out the uh, out the picture. I think before Trump got into office. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I'm, you're that's right. What I'm, that's what he I'm was thinking. he was the national security uh, NSA uh, head, head of the NSA, I mm-hmm. think, or national security mm-hmm. advisor, or something like that, for what three weeks, and the FBI <laughs> trapped him. In the fake lie, and they scam. Hey, hey, yeah, I can I can almost guarantee you they don't like Flynn because he's straight. He's straight a, a straight American. Yep, and he gonna tell and he gonna tell the truth, and yeah. they and they know he gonna tell the truth, and he ain't he ain't he ain't a yes man, right? Or he ain't a uh, uh slip me an envelope full of money in my pocket, man. You see what I'm saying? You can't pay him off. You see what I'm saying? And that's what they didn't want him around. I, that's one of the reasons. I'm going to say that, that that's one of the reasons. And then I'm a, uh, I ain't going to say the other reasons that I think, but I definitely know that for a fact. Nice, man. Well, I appreciate mm-hmm. you, Art. Great to hear from I'll you. I'll catch you, buddy. All right, take care. All right, buddy. Bye. Ragnar0321 says, fratricide, which is, I think, when you kill your own side, is actually incredibly common in combat. Yeah, I could, I could believe that. People choke, people get confused. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, fighting and shooting going on. I would believe that it is quite common. Oh, man. Okay, so is Joe Manchin a weak man? You know that senator from, I forget where. Morning Brew report. He's a male Democrat. Morning Brew, far left Morning Brew reports in a D.C. shocker, Washington, D.C., a key Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, a pro-life Democrat from the South, where many in the South are still Democrats to this day, right? Said he reached, even though the Democrats are enemies of the South, enemies of the people, he said he reached a deal with West Virginia. Thank you, Nick, host of Nick Stream. 4 p.m. today, I think, Pacific, uh, said he reached a deal with Democrat leadership on a package that includes, that intends to curb carbon emissions, install a 15% corporate minimum tax, and reform prescription drug prices. It's quite the U-turn. Less than two weeks ago, Joe Manchin 
said he couldn't support this legislation. Next week, it'll head, head to the Senate floor. What a mess. Uh, anything that's bipartisan or the Democrats are involved in, I don't trust it, by and large. He didn't want to do this climate thing. He didn't want to raise taxes went during this uh, mess. Shameful. You know, uh, I, I have so much to get to, so let me get cram this in before the top of the hour. Jesse Ventura is weak. And then I will get back to calls after the beautiful music break that is coming up here. But Jesse Ventura is weak. Jesse, the body Ventura, he's a lame Trump hater. I saw this on Dylan Burns TV YouTube channel. I've been on his hippy-dippy roundtable that he has disbanded, but every Friday he would have a three and a half hour big old panel discussion debate. I've appeared on it many times. Dylan Burns, young, smart, but male Democrat. (laughs) Uh, And some other things. He's been on The Fallen State. He's been on my show. I've been on his And uh, he shared this video on his channel. Jesse Ventura rips January 6th protesters on Chris Jericho's show. Now, Chris Jericho, before I play this clip, is or was or is, according to Dylan Burns, who is a fan of pro wrestling, a great, some even say the greatest, professional wrestler, talented, and a Trump supporter. His wife attended the January 6th mostly peaceful Capitol protest. Back in November of 2020, he tweeted, uh, Chris Jericho, this blue, he's a blue checkmark, I am Jericho. You know, WWE, anybody familiar with it? It was called WWF. I'm used to WWF to this day. I, res- I am resistant to this WWE mess. <laughs> Even though it feels like they barely changed it, but they changed it during like my high school days. Or maybe even before that, I don't know. But uh, Chris Jericho tweeted, I'm not a political person, but isn't it strange to anybody else that for the first time ever we have to wait a day, two days, five days, ten days to find out who won the presidential race? Yeah, Chris Jericho, because they loosened up the restrictions on it in the name of the China virus and voter rights and all that mess so that to make sure that every idiot voted for uh, Obama, which is to say... Sleazy Joe Biden. Against Trump. Vote against Trump was the message. Chris Jericho's wife attended the... She was... I guess she might be in this photograph. I have some photographs. Women for Trump. At first I thought it was the Women's March because it has this pink color in there. But there's these all these ladies. Beautiful ladies. Beautiful blonde and brunette ladies. Nice seeming anyway. Gen Xers uh, wearing their Trump beanies, January 6th, 2021, being like, hey, let's stop the steal rally. You know, they're doing the stop the steal. Right on to his wife. And so he had Jesse Ventura on his podcast. This Jesse Ventura, who's a former governor. They call him a conspiracy theorist, a nutcase, Jesse Ventura. And we were, like, all excited 10, 15 years ago, maybe, whenever he so-called served as governor. 
because he was a Republican. This Jesse Ventura guy. What was he a what was he a governor of? But he turned out to be a phony. Like uh what do you call that? Jesse Ventura. He's a Oh, Trump is a hater, divisive, or something, something dumb like that. Just a cringy, weak, grown adult male complaining about a man who's better than him, Trump. Minnesota? Asks Hassan. Really? Minnesota? Really? Yeah, other people are saying Minnesota. Uh, so here's... Uh, Jericho has a... Chris Jericho, or whatever the guy's name is, um, has a podcast called Talk is Jericho. J-E-R-I-C-H-O. Not to be confused with the city of Jericho, I guess. That the wall, where the walls came tumbling down for Joshua, the successor of Moses and the Israelites. Um, here's Jesse Ventura running his big Dumb mouth. Oh, man. I, thought I wanted to cram this in before the top of the hour. I forgot. I only have a few minutes. Well, listen to him. He's like, pfft. He's like, ooh, January 6th, the Constitution. I want an apology. Listen to this mess. Right now, Chris, do you know why I hate the Republican Party right now? And I'll say it blatantly on the air with you why I hate them. Why? Because I took an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And on January 6th, the Republicans attacked my capital against the Constitution. And I saw a Confederate flag get carried through my capital with their blessing. And no one, and I mean no one, to this day from the Republican Party has apologized for it. All I want is an apology. I want the Republican Party to tell Governor Jesse Ventura they are apologizing and are sorry that a Confederate flag got carried through his national capital. You apologize. I don't think that's too much to ask, but I don't think it'll ever be done, Chris. I'd hate to admit something, but I'll try to word this as best I can. If I would have been security that day, the dude with the flag... I often wonder if he'd be breathing today. Mm-hmm. Get my message? Yeah, sure, of course. What a shame, huh? Poor Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho was a, is, I think, a Trump supporter, supposedly. But Chris Jericho couldn't really stand up to this guy, at least not in that moment. I don't know what happened. They cut to a commercial after that. And it sounded like Jesse Ventura was on the phone or something, or maybe on the Skype or somewhere. I don't know. Jesse the Ego Ventura. Oh, grandstanding. I'm sorry, I thought this was America. What, this is not America? You can't carry the beautiful Confederate brother flag? Southern, beautiful Southern rebel flag? What a scumbag, huh? All grandstanding. What's against the Constitution? Yeah, a few people broke windows. Throw them in jail. A few people broke uh, barriers and moshed with the cops. I think they've served their terms. 
And uh, if I remember correctly, which I'm pretty sure I was, I'm correct, this guy talked all big against Trump. How embarrassing. Poor Chris Jericho. Yeah, and the guy who, the guy, yeah, minor vandalism, exactly. That's not an attack on the Capitol. It's not against the Constitution. And, uh, man, we are over the top of the hour. And it's ridiculous. And the guy who supposedly carried the rebel flag, what did he do? What law did he break? I don't think he would be, I don't, I often wonder if he would be breathing. Get out of my country. You're less American than that man. Maybe. Jesse Ventura? He's weak. And I'm saying that with, <laughs> with a Hake, uh, beta back. <laughs> Talking all big with my beta back. Yeah, what about Ashley Babbitt? Exactly. Such a shameful thing. Yeah, but uh, Dylan Burns, and I think he was interviewing, or had Heem co-hosting or something like that. Heem, this guy Heem, who has appeared on the, a debate with me before, alongside some others. And they were calling that, oh, based take from Jesse Ventura. What about the Constitution says you can't protest at the Capitol and interrupt a uh, congressional hearing that's a whole bunch of enemies of America? I swore an oath to defend the Constitution. Then you wouldn't be for the demon rats running the country and the rhinos, scumbag. Anyway, this has been uh, the first hour, more than the first hour of Hake. It's time for some music, and I got to get back to calls, and I got more stuff, more downgrading stuff. Pray for the persecuted whites. (sighs) But... Now is time for some shoo-shoo, guys. I have two shoo-shoo songs to play for you. Shoo-shoo. Zoo-zoo. X-I-U. New word, X-I-U. This track, uh, I disavow it, but I really like the trumpets. You can't deny the trumpets, even if they are a little off-key, on purpose, I think. No Friend O from the 2008 album uh, that I will not name. (laughs) But uh, shout out to Shushu. Here it is. And I'll be back to your calls and more hake. Hang tight.
So good, am I right? Boo, get up, dudes! Who sings like this? This is beyond hurtful to my ears. Perfect time to hedge my bushes. Yes, go do your gardening. Hake on the Casio keyboard. What in the world is this? Mute button time, says Top Oracle. Shout out. So good. Sounds like nails on a chalkboard. I just don't get it, hate. <laughs> hey, Jeanette. That sounds like synth program like trumpets. Oh, you might be right. Stupid, James. It's stupid. Not good. Not interesting. Not avant garde. Just, just BS. Bogus speech. Well, thank you guys for bearing with me through that beautiful quality music. You're going to get me started cussing when you... Oh, you're going to get me start to... Make me start cussing when you're mentioning Dylan Burns, James, <laughs> says uh, Ragnar, 0321. Get ears, Hake, says Jeanette. What's up, Jeanette? Nice to see you. It's been a little while since I've noticed you in the chat. What's up? TV on the radio, they are not, says Tim Scott. Yeah, that's right. They're better. Head your earphone cord. Honk! Well, guys, I appreciate you. Um, uh, enjoying that beautiful music with me. Let me actually get right to Bobby in Tejas, Texas. Bobby, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, James. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well as well. Thank you. It's good to hear from you. You too, man. So what a what a great white American for the final day of uh, White History Month, you know, uh, Robert Lee. Yeah, General like, Lee. Like if there was ever like a like that just should be just like what a man really should be, just honorable, like upstanding guy, just like doing it all pretty well, pretty much right. I mean, I can't think of a better example. That's cool, man. You know a lot about him? 
I know a little bit. I've read some some stories and stuff that are kind of interesting about him. That's cool. Like that he was just like one of the most like just really honorable guys. Like he took responsibility for like things that went wrong, even when they weren't like his fault. Like he he carried the burden. Like he was willing to just be like, "Yep, that was my bad. I'm the reason that we you know that we failed." Like just kind of always always kind of took that route. Like that's cool to take responsibility and to be almost overly you know accountable, which is something that I think is severely lacking in in today's world. Yeah. That is true, huh? Right. That's like a, that seems like a big problem with what's, with the world today is like, there's just a super huge lack of accountability. Yep. That's, that's People so true, just man. want that, that handout. And you read something earlier that I had never, you know, I had never thought about it. You know, I'd kind of like, it just kind of, it was there, like just hearing it kind of, kind of made it all make sense. Like, you know, when, like there had to be that that servitude, and that level of that you know that time would tell how long it would be. And the way that you know these ends are acting these days, it's like you know it obviously ended too soon. Obviously they pre- <laughs> prematurely you know stopped it. Obviously it needed a few more years to to get them accommodated with being you know civilized people. Maybe so. When they were, you may well be right I mean, about I, that. I, I don't doubt it. I think that there was, there's, a, you know, there you couldn't just bring a wild, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like, I hate to be rude, but you know, a wild savage into you know a civilized world and just turn it loose. Right. It's like that's dangerous, not only to him but to everyone around him. So it's like there has to be that somewhat training. You know, like this is how you work. This is how you build stuff. And you have to have somebody, you know, keeping them on task or the, you know, obviously they're not going to do it. Yeah. You know, so there's a level of discipline that falls into that. You, you may be right. There was certainly an evil element among the blacks uh, trying to turn them to the evil that they are f- fallen to now. But I, I, th- I don't think that, I think they were more ready to be civilized in their slave times than they are to be civilized today. I think that something yeah, else, other things happen. Makes, yeah, go ahead. And I think as any, any, you know, somebody that's like, you know, just wants to believe themselves a good person would say that slavery, you know, and all, you know, should end at some point. Somebody, you know, you don't, I don't think anyone should be a slave, but in the situation, they were better off coming here, but they had to be a, uh, a custom, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, uh, like when you yeah uh, assimilated acclimate yeah yeah they have to kind of be acclimated to right. where they're moving to so it's like you have to like put them in these type of you know it's a it's a kind of a rough you know way to do it because it's not you know it's a manly you know, individually way. governed you know but yeah but you know what I mean like anyone can be how they want to be so obviously you'll have some good and some bad and. The ones that obviously they're going to portray and talk about are the bad. Oh, that because that's what sells. That's what's more, you know, exciting and more more interesting. Nobody wants to hear about. Oh, and this slave, they were best of friends and they just worked in the cotton field. Nobody wants to tell that story. It's like because right. that's a boring story. It doesn't get anybody. Nobody's emotional right. after that. Yep. But but if you sell a story about oh my god, they 
beat and chopped his foot off or whatever, you know, whatever they did, they tried <laughs> to escape. It's like, so, the, but that, you know, that kind of stuff sells. People are like all emotional and up in, up in themselves after they watch some, something like that. They're like, oh, it's so horrible. Yeah. And who knows? Like, really, I'm sure those stories are percentage wise are way down the chain. You know, you know it's, there's probably lots of good ones. It is, uh, it's not so much the outside circumstances that that necessarily corrupts you as like the your own upbringing and culture and religion and stuff like that and that makes you handle those situations right or wrong. I mean, I get that being too spoiled makes people soft and being too poor makes people uh thieves so-called poor real poor actual poor i mean um but uh or it doesn't necessarily even make them but it just has the uh brings those temptations right like those rich all these rich people who've been married three times five times six times and had all these affairs because they're rich and powerful and they have that personality too that go get it go get her personality (laughs) um so I don't really, I don't know if it's, I think that this, that the uh, free, re, more recently freed blacks in those times were more honorable than the wild ones today because it, the culture, the society got more and more corrupt and the, uh, they had their families more back then than today. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. And you, you had the, people had the responsibility in the olden days, you know, of wanting to, like, if you wanted to succeed, you wanted to, like, survive, you had to work. Right. Like, so, you know, there was that, you know, drive. People got out of bed to do their chores, you know, like, kids today, like, my kid's five, and it's, like, getting them to do stuff is, like, ridiculous. Like, when I was a kid, all I did was play. Like, I wanted to be outside, like, playing all the time. And it's, like, I try and show him things to do and it's just like he doesn't even like with the way that the world is geared today kids want to not you know function like we did back then they yeah. don't care about playing outside and it's like you drive around the neighborhoods and you don't see kids playing outside ever like, I know. you never see kids like playing it's so weird yeah it is like that's all we did when I was a kid is like I lived outside like I was always like super dark but it's just like, but times are just, that's how easy it is today. Yeah. Like to what it was, you know, back then, but just to get back to the kind of topic of, you know, if you'd brought them over wild people from Africa with nothing, you know, they're coming out of, you know, grass huts and running from lions and doing weird dances, you know, they're, they're not going to acclimate to America at all. Like they're going to be like taken advantage of basically at every corner. So it's like, Get it out of the way. Earn a little bit. Learn a little bit. Do your, you know, do your job, and eventually, once like everyone, you, people have learned English. Like you've got Christianity. Hey, I think it's time these people. They're good. They're good slaves. They've done well. Here's a retirement gift. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, and here you go. You know, you could maybe even like they could have like kicked them down a little like parcel of land. They still share crop for them. You know, they work for them. Right. But. 
you know, I don't know. I'm not a, I didn't design either system, but yeah. he was an honorable man. Let's just, let's call it that. He was a good guy and he never was into slavery. Like that was never like, he didn't care. It wasn't what he was fighting for right. in the civil war. Like, yep. A lot of people want to like demonize him and be like, he was this, like he bought like five slaves in his entire life and wow. all the rest were like given to him by his wife's husband or his wife's father who right. was like broke with George Washington. Yep. So, and he was just, so he, he was not really like this big, like I want slaves and was fighting to keep slavery going. Like that wasn't what he was about. He was fighting for the South Yep. because he felt like the, the North was inferior and weak. And I think we can all agree. Yeah. He was right. Look at, yeah, <laughs> look at what's, look at where we are today. Man, what a mess. I appreciate it, Bobby. Happy White History Month yeah, to man. you, man. Thanks, man. Happy White History Month. All right. Take care. Later, buddy. <sighs> you know what else is downgrading before I get back to calls, guys? Hang tight, callers. Uh, the... <laughs> The far-left females at the skim say, uh, and CNN Business, Commie Nonsense Network Business, Sprite, clearly the one, is, is retiring their reportedly iconic green bottle after more than 60 years to be more environmentally responsible. The far-left commie capitalist corporation, once American, now kind of anti-American, Coca-Cola. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is Coca-Cola not anti-American commie capitalist corporation now? Said Wednesday they're changing the packaging from green to clear plastic. Beginning August 1st. As part of a broader... The beginning of Men's History Month, they're turning their bottle girly. Doesn't that look girly? If you're looking at the video... Feed, there's a screenshot of an NPR article. Sprite is ditching its iconic green bottle, but environmentalists say it's never enough. They're never happy. Remind me of other groups around here in this country. It turned into a clear bottle. Look at this light lime green. Looks like, oh, Euro. Why are we turning all Euro? <laughs> <laughs> Sprite's current plastic contains green polyethylene terephthalate, PET, an additive that can't be recycled into new bottles. A key initiative for the company as it looks to reduce plastic waste. I bet you that they, maybe it's a money thing and a, and a you know, marketing thing. It's my guess. I wonder if they're just trying to save money, right? Hard times under Obama, right? That's what we're under, right? The Obama administration continued, or quote-unquote Biden, if you believe that. I'm shaking my head. Coca-Cola, why, why do I have the impression that Coca-Cola is corrupt? No real man drinks this shmoop. Anyways, sorry kids, this is Maine Franken. Yeah, you might be right. All of these great American institutions on decline. What a shame. 
Uh, let me get to Alex, a first-time caller in PA, Pennsylvania. On the line. Alex in PA, how are you doing? Hey, uh, <clears throat> hey James. Uh, how are you? Happy White History Month. Thank you. I'm fine. Happy White History Month to you as well. Uh, yeah, this is my first time calling. You know, I've been listening to you and uh, Jesse and Nick too for uh, for a while now, and I really appreciate the you know the guy, the work you guys do and stuff like that. That's cool, um, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, you guys are really how can I say it? like very refreshing, and you know, a lot of men need to hear you guys. So yeah, hopefully you guys can reach more people. You know, appreciate that. How did you find uh, JLP's show? I assume um, you found him first. Well, you know, I follow a lot of, like, uh, I don't know if you know the term, the menosphere people. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't know, I guess somehow, uh, you know, Jesse's show was, like, uh, <laughs> the algorithms uh, showed him to me. Oh, on YouTube. And I thought he... Uh-huh. On YouTube then, huh? Yeah. Nice. Shout out to YouTube. And, uh, yeah, and I thought he was really hilarious, but I love the message, too, you know? Right. And I started uh, listening to you, uh, you and uh, Nick, too. You guys are pretty, pretty funny, too, so. <laughs> right on. Uh, but, yeah. I was calling because uh, yesterday there was like a guy that was uh, talking about. He was like a trucker, but I think he does like a local job. Yeah, he's like a local. He's he's home every night. He said, "This guy Nathan, yeah. I think Nathan from Illinois somewhere." Yeah. Well, yeah, you know I'm a over the road uh, trucker, so you know I my I was just going to give him an advice, a piece of advice. I couldn't call because it was late yesterday. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know I think if he goes over the road. He has the opportunity to, you know, make a lot of money and save money. I don't know if he's paying rent, but you know, for me, it's it, like it lifted me out of poverty, basically. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, cool. so. To, over the road, you mean where he goes on long haul trucking? Yeah, yeah. You know, you basically sleep and live in the truck. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, he least, he lives with his dad right now. He he said at age twenty three, and yeah, he's got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's paying rent to his father or not. I didn't think to ask, but that's yeah. That could be a really nice piece of advice. A lot of truckers listen to Hake and JLP and Nick Stream, and uh, that's cool, man. Right on. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's a uh, it's a great opportunity to lift. Uh, you know, I definitely don't want to do it forever because it's definitely, uh, you know, just being on the road all the time. Right. Be a bit, uh, you know, too much, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great piece of advice for, you know, a lot of young men that are, you know, they're like, because these jobs, you know, they, I went, I don't know, I listened to you a lot, and uh, I was in the same situation. I went to university and stuff like that. Yeah. Complete waste of time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Complete waste of time, and just, uh, you know, I wish I had done this earlier, and I would have been in a better position, but, you know, it is what it is now, so. Nice, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, be grateful. Yeah, that's, that's cool. How old are you, if you don't mind my asking? I'm uh, I'm in my 30s. Okay, now. right on. Yeah, I'm I'm in my 30s now. So, are you, you Hispanic? Know, gotta, uh, yes, I'm a Latinx. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I'm just kidding. I hate that. You, you know, I'm actually from like the real like uh, you know South American country. Okay. And like nobody ever ever says that. You know, and I know. people, like, look at that, they're like, what the hell is that? You know, it's like a Hispanic-American thing. It's nothing, like, from South American people would ever say ever, you know. That is <laughs> funny. I was reading about, is it, uh, what, what's, what country was that? Um, Toad 
XS. Let me see. I think it was, was it last week? Oh, no, hold on. Okay, so Buenos Aires, Argentina, banned gender, gender neutral language. Todas with an, or todos, todex S, T O D X S, in bienvenit at sign S. Argentina, you- well, the uh, city. Yeah. In the city, you know, the cities tend to be liberal, even maybe down there. So I don't yeah, know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, you know, I uh, I been I go there a lot because it's like really nice, you know. Okay. It's like the beautiful city, but you know, the country too was like really nice. Like maybe if you look at the history, like a hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, the, uh, Argentina was supposed to be. Uh, I wouldn't say like you know number one uh, on top, like. But I think, like, they had, like, something where, like, the, you know, between the U.S. and Argentina, they were, like, competing for being, like, the most attractive place to migrate, you know? Wow. So, yeah, you go there and you still see, like, a lot of the beauty and stuff like that. But you can also see that, you know, over the past, like, 50 years, I think, because, you know, communism took over there. Yeah. It just became, like, a, like a complete mess, you know? What a shame. Yeah, and it's terrible because, you know, the, the country and, you know, the culture is very beautiful. But yeah, it's, a, it's like a little bit of a disaster in that way. It is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's great to hear from you, Alex. Call me again sometime. And happy White History Month to you. Yeah, thank you. Same, same to you, uh, James. And uh, to you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Apologies for his phone. Sometimes people's phones have this beeping, tapping sound. FBI tapping his phone? Yeah. So, the capital of Argentina, Buenos Aires, I covered this on the 21st of July. What day of the week was that? Uh, let's see. Thursday. Last Thursday. A week ago yesterday. Um, the city's government banned teachers from using any gender-neutral words like torex, ass, <laughs> instead of todos or todas. And uh, bienvenido, bienvenidos. Bienvenidos. Bienvenidas. During class and when speaking to parents. Nice. Argentina made efforts, the federal government of Argentina made efforts to support the so-called LGBTQ plus community, which is not. City's education minister said the so-called gender-inclusive language goes against Spanish grammar, where the default gender is masculine, can lead to poor reading skills. It's worse than just that. It's not just, the issue is not just poor reading skills. And that is an issue. But the issue is, that's fake. You people are fake. You're supporting illusions and delusions. Gender-inclusive language changes changes have faced an uphill battle in other parts of the world, too, like Mexico, Peru, Peru, Brazil, and France. Commies. Anyway, thank you, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, and before I get back to calls, let me see if I can plow through a, another couple of uh, quick stories. Um, deceivers are going after disinformation. So give me a break. This is from the Morning Brew. A week ago Sunday, or this past Sunday, July 24th? Yeah. Uh, interesting quote. Listen to this. Corporate propaganda masquerading as honest self-reflection. And that's a quote, um, it's a phrase, from anti-disinformation activist Jesse Lechrick. 
Lyric, L-E-H-R-I-C-H, whoever that is. He's describing the first human rights report as corporate propaganda. First human rights report, quote-unquote, human rights, communist, fake idea. From Meta, which is Facebook's parent company, right? Facebook changed their name to Meta. Meta. Because they want to get into the whatever verse. Um, <laughs> Frankie BLM says, hey, tell Nick I'm not a knicker or a knickerette. I'm a Nick X. <laughs> Funny. Um, evil versus evil. Because Facebook is evil and they're putting out a human rights report. What? And so this... Guy calls it corporate propaganda, masquerading his honest self-reflection. This expert, human rights expert, human rights groups are bl- said Meta failed to take responsibility for exacerbated, exacerbating political tensions and sidestepping its biggest criticisms. Exacerbating political uh, tensions, what, by allowing a half pint of little bit, very limited free speech? They want no free speech, no true speech allowed on Facebook. Shout out to the Facebook crew. Are you guys there? Are you guys there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I see a, a chat or two. What's up, Robbie? Um, first meta human rights report. Embarrassing. Oh, gosh. Insights and Actions 2020 to 2021. In March of 2021, Meta adopted its human rights policy in which we commit to reporting annually on how we are addressing our so-called human rights impacts. And what do they mean by human rights? Right to kill the babies in the womb? Right to be degenerate uh, and promote degeneracy on kids? With this fake uh, idea of homosexuality and transgender mess and all that other stuff. And uh, women's, women being all over-involved and worrying their pretty little heads about politics and news and all that stuff. These same people pretend like the uh, Central Park Five are innocent and the January 6th people are so awful. All these lame-os. Anyway, um... Yes, pray for the persecuted whites. There are many. Um, And yes, even the cops. I know some of you guys have your, uh, some valid criticisms of the cops. And some not so valid. The far left females at the skim report who people are remembering. It's whom? Georgia, Florida. Georgia, Florida. Remember my second favorite caller, Earl, from Michigan? Who hasn't called in over a year? Wonder what the holdup is. Yesterday, a federal judge sentenced two former Minneapolis police officers for violating George Floyd's so-called civil rights. This is in addition to Derek Chauvin, for whom you should be praying. Derek Chauvin, languishing in prison, unjustly run through the kangaroo court. One officer got three years for participating in a, in a, hold on, in holding Floyd down. I'm sorry, cops are not supposed to hold Floyd down? This big old lumbering dr- unemployed drug addict? 
with a criminal record, as JLP calls him, and he's right. The two originally faced steeper sentence recommendations. Now all four officers who played a role in Floyd's death, uh, Floyd played a role in Floyd's death, and his drug dealer did. These guys, maybe, if you believe these liberal, lame, sensitive to political pressure, uh, medical examiners or whatever, they will serve prison time, a rarity in such in so-called police brutality cases. No such thing as police brutality. There is brutality. And blacks, <coughs> I will have you know, and sometimes like the Muslim radicals and the drug cartels and uh, other criminals are the primary perpetrators. Sometimes cops can be criminals, but these guys, uh-uh. What they did, holding down the overdosing Georgia, Florida, six foot something, huge guy, 40 something years old, 46 maybe, tried to pass a fake 20 twice at a store, got the cops called on him by the storekeeper. Twice. It was not brutality what he allegedly did. Was it not brutality uh, what he allegedly did to that pregnant woman? If that story is true, remember breaking into her home, pointing a gun at her. Pregnant belly, if true. If true, that's brutal. Maybe he repented from that. He wanted to be a Christian again. Trying to overcome his addiction to the opioids. They called an ambulance for him, these cops did. Cops aren't here to save your stupid life the way you're living it so stupidly. Cops are here to round up criminals after they've committed crimes. Hopefully after they've committed lesser crimes before they commit greater crimes. That's the point of broken windows policing, because if you do a little bit of evil, you'll start to do more, a little bit more evil, and then you'll pretty soon you're doing a lot of evil. Reminds me of the uh, phony, and then I will get to calls, hang tight callers. Reminds me of the phony, uh, the uh, Central Park Five mess. Give me a break. I mentioned this on Tuesday of, today, of uh, this week, uh, the 26th of July. This affirmative action article. Remember this? Uh, the Central Park Five. We were just baby boys. Hassan <laughs> uh, pointed that out. <laughs> From the failing New York Slimes communist organization that should be disbanded and sent to jail or sent out to uh, Siberia or Guantanamo Bay or somewhere, deported. I covered the based Daily Wire article from October 2016 by Aaron Bandler, Seven Things You Need to Know About the Central Park Jogger Case. I covered a little bit from Jack Kerwick's Town Hall article about lies surrounding the Central Park Jogger Case. And I referenced to, this is all from the Daily Wire article linked, the based Wall Street Journal, normally they're a rhino outlet, but back in 2014, Michael F. Armstrong put out an article called Persistent Myths in the Central Park Jogger Case. Time for a reality check as New York prepares to award the defendants $40 million. And that was in 2014. And I came across this article, I think it was from ABC in 2019. I so wish the case hadn't been settled. This is, a this is the 1989 crime committed against the Central Park Jogger no, not Ahmaud Arbery. 
This was a beautiful little white lady. She wanted to be a businessman. She was working for some bank and jogging out after dark, 9 p.m. in an April morning, I think. No, not April evening. She believes the Central Park jogger from 1989 who was attacked and raped and all that stuff within an inch of her life, if there is such a thing, uh, believes more than one person attacked her. And this was an ABC News article. In 2014, Mayor Bill de Blasio, the socialist mayor, not a Christian, I thought that he was not a normal white. He doesn't act like one. At heart, he's, he's black, dark on the inside. Married a black lesbian. Former lesbian, I guess. I thought you can't change. Mayor Bill de Blasio and corrupt New York City finally settled with the Central Park Five, a group of teenagers, no longer teenagers by that point, who were convicted and later exonerated. They were never exonerated. Their charges were merely vacated. And that was politically motivated, apparently, in connection with the rape and brutal assault on a jogger. They were not cleared of any assault. They were not even really cleared of the rape, I don't think. The most uh, plausible ongoing theory, I think, is that they assaulted and maybe raped her, possibly Anton McRae, Antron McRae, whatever the guy's name was, even attempted to murder her, shut her up, because she was screaming, I guess. She doesn't remember it. And so they beat her, maybe raped her, and then that black Hispanic Matthias guy, Reyes, went and raped her afterwards, too. Back then, the hype was to get these criminals. The blacks wanted to get criminals. They wanted tough policing. They were begging. In fact, black mothers to this day are begging for more tough and police because they don't want their neighborhoods to be all crime-ridden, even though they're raped in many cases, raising criminals to be criminals. But, uh, yeah, everybody wanted tough on crime. That's why the Hillary Clinton, a Democrat, demon rat, called the, the uh, crazy, violent drug dealers super predators. No conscience, no empathy. I had no problem with that line. People pretended that, oh, she was racist. And Sleepy Joe voted for tough-on-crime policies because it was tough-on-crime. This was the going political wind at the time. Now the hype is to go after the cops and the whites and pretend like the uh, criminals are, oh, poor innocent victims. And, you know, in this article, it's quite interesting. The settlement... Remained a decision that Trisha Maley, the jogger in that horrific attack, says the city should not have made. The police and prosecutors involved in the case agree. I so wish the case hadn't been settled, she told ABC News' 2020 in January. And this is uh, January of 2019, I guess. Or whenever it was, I don't know. May, this is a May 2019 article. She always wanted to work in New York, loved Central Park. April 89, she was working as a banker at Solomon Brothers in New York City. It was a se- sense of accomplishment, and I was devoted to it, she said to ABC News' 2020. On the nat- night of April 19, 1989, she worked till 8, headed to her home on the east side. Moments after she returned home, she was back outside, running towards Central Park. It was a release to be out there in nature, see the beauty of the park. Skyscrapers, lights in New York City, sense that, wow, this is my city. I'm here in my park. I love the freedom of the park. It just gave me a sense of vitality. 
Well, that quickly changed. Because there were blacks and black Hispanics wilding. And maybe some regular Hispanics who were not black Hispanics. I don't know. Police were scrambling. She was heading out for a run. Police were scrambling to respond to calls about 30 to 40 teens, har- teens harassing people in the park. Harassing. How about assaulting and battering, robbing and raping? People were punched in the face, pulled off their bicycles, robbed of their watches. Crazy series of events that took place in the park, recalled former newspaper columnist Ken Auleta. She did her nightly jog. A little before midnight, her body was found by two men. So she was left for dead. Three hours later, in a ravine. Trisha Maley was not conscious, barely, barely alive, said Linda Farstein, who was chief of the district attorney's office at the time. Wow, a, a female? Female chief of the DA's office? Uh, Trisha Maley had been raped and brutally beaten, taken to a hospital, no memory of what happened. Blunt trauma, said surgeon Dr. Bob Kurtz, K-U-R-T-Z, who treated Maley. They didn't know if she would survive. She looked like a little waif in the bed. W-A-I-F. Anybody know what a waif is? Callers, I do want to get to you. Hang tight. A homeless, neglected, or abandoned person, especially a child. Wow. Young person who is so thin, looks unhealthy or uncared for. No one knew who she was yet. Plastic surgeon Dr. Jane Haar, H-A-H-E-R, told ABC News' 2020 she'd never forgotten that day. I'd seen traumatized patients many, many times. Never seen somebody, like, destroyed. Her body was just so swollen. Unrecognizable, really. Left eye had been crushed in. And I don't think I want to read the uh, force blow to her face being so strong that her something happened with... It is too... If you're squeamish, you don't want to hear this. <laughs> so I'll skip that part. I had several skull fractures, and there were deep lacerations, said Trisha Maley. So New York authorities were charging five teenagers held in connection with the Central Park assaults in her attack. Kevin Richardson, Yusuf Salam, Raymond Santana, whom Jesse Lee Peterson has debated before, Corey on CNN, Corey Wise, Antron McRae. Okay, it was Antron McRae. Whom they, they've pointed out that he was the one who uh, did the murder. One of them admitted before they even said anything. <laughs> oh, he, he, it was Antron did the murder. <laughs> you know these guys, these uh, young teenagers. Kevin Richardson had a scratch under his eye, so the detectives asked him, "How did you get the scratch under your eye?" Said former New York City detective Eric, Eric Reynolds. Richardson replied on the videotaped interrogation, "I got in the way." She got kind of like scratched me a little bit. Prosecutor Elizabeth Letterer. Let me just ask you, you're saying that she scratched you and you're indicating a place on your face? Yeah, I think it's on me right here. She was in a coma a week before she finally opened her eyes. You had children, school children showing up holding vigils outside. Cardinal John O'Connor made a visit. Frank Sinatra sent her flowers. Wow. It was huge, huh? Huge story. And she, uh, I think she watched some of the videotapes of these teens' statements and confessions. She said, it was very, very hard watching someone describe how people beat me, trying to stop my screaming by beating my face, she said. Crazy, huh? What a mess. 
So, uh, in 2002, 13 years after the Central Park attack, after the statute of limitations, by the way, with four of the Central Park Five out of prison already, so-called convicted serial rapist Matias Reyes, black Hispanic guy, I think I, I don't know if I have his picture. I don't know if I put anything in here. Came forward and said he was Maley's sole attacker, and they never cross-examined him. Because politically, it was politically motivated. He was already doing 33 years to life for a murder-rape conviction. He had met Corey Wise, maybe? At Rikers Island. And then later uh, seen him at a prison upstate. He knew some details that they didn't know, like nobody else could have known. Who knows? But, uh, what a mess. Uh, Maley and doctors Kurtz and Haar said that there was medical evidence to support the charge that more than one person was responsible for her attack. Her injuries were were different from what Reyes claimed as the sole attacker. There were handprints pressed on her skin and looked red in outline. The handprints were of different sizes as well, said Haar. Looks to me like more than one person doing that, Haar said. But the DA in 2002, Robert Morgenthau withdrew all charges and refused to let the cops in, interrogate the guy. There was no retrial, no nothing. The five of them went to Central Park to beat up people and they ended up with millions of dollars in their heroes and civil rights icons, said Reynolds. It's appalling. Yeah. What a sick, backwards world. Oh... The George Floyd case was police brutality. Give me a break. Anyway. What a mess, huh? Let me get to Joe in Phoenix, Arizona on the line. Joe, how are you doing? Happy White History Month. Good morning. Morning. Okay, so I'm going to stay civil this morning, but my goodness, where where do I begin with you? (laughs) Generally... Again, as I told you in the past, right. both he and his soldiers captured free black folks and sold them back into slavery. During wartime? Say again? During wartime? Yes, during wartime. Nice. Uh, not nice. Evil. <laughs> there's, a, he, there's much you know, evil going he on. He a reputation of, of being a great general, but he never won a single offensive campaign during the war. Not one. That he's a loser, and it's so much of a loser that he couldn't even hold on to his family's land after the war. It became Arlington National Cemetery. So the guy was a loser all around. Huh. Very disrespectful now, of you. Very honest and factual of me. Honest. Now, huh? Okay. Yeah. Bobby, your prior caller, my goodness, where did I begin with you? <laughs> uh, if you thought Africans were just clueless savages before slavery, then you're just you've fallen for, you've been duped, and you're clearly uneducated. You might want to look into some of the civilizations like Songhai and Mali and and the Nile Valley. Were those the people who were captured and brought here as slaves? Among them, yeah. There was established trade routes between African countries like Ghana and the Middle East countries and China. So it was not just running around in grass huts. So when they were captured and sold as slaves, they were losers, right? 
most slaves that came over were already captured during during wars and were sold out by the winning um, losers. Tribe. Were they losers? They lost that war. Yeah, <laughs> so they were losers. <laughs> I respect finally, the slaves. I respect the slaves. I love, love I love the slave love people. <laughs> James, you, you love to blame most black people. You do it constantly for the actions of the one point zero five percent. No, it's not true. You done it all morning. No, it's not true. I did not do that all morning. <laughs> you said, "Oh, look! Look at the blacks now." When it's only like one point zero five percent. No, it's a, it's terrible crimes. Look at how they look at what they support. They're just they're out of control. They're they're pushing. They believe in this racism stuff. Even you, even you yourself, are part of the people that I talk about. <laughs> in what ways? In the way that you um, bash the decent men, and uh, I bash decent men. Yeah, like 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 like, J, like JLP, for example. You bash that guy so much. Not that I want to get into an argument about JLP. But you bash yeah. a decent man like JLP, and then you act like Obama was, was a good president. Strictly the facts. <laughs> yeah, I and, don't uh, say him. And then yeah. you imagine in your mind, you imagine in your mind that my only beef with Obama is because he's black. And I can't stand a black yeah. man succeeding. 100%. Yeah. Okay. See, you make no both sense. You, both you Typi- and Jeff. Typical black. You make no sense. Right, because you spew but nonsense. Again, you have you have no facts, James. And yeah, I have. he is an evil, I, evil person it, who and you and him will, will have blood on your hands someday, mark my words. That's that you're evil for, for, for you're evil so, for saying that and living your imagination like for that. The lies and the denigrations and the stereotypes that you push daily. You will have blood on your hands. Not true. Point, and I hope and I hope you get what's coming to you. Because of it. Absolutely. You're a malicious person. You're not a Christian. I'm 100% a Christian. Far more Christian <laughs> than you. You come on the internet every day and spread lies and nice. stereotypes. That's just evil. Yeah. You know what? I gotta go. I appreciate your call, Joe. Happy White History Month and Men's History Month is coming up. Tune into church with JLP. Rebuildingtheman.com yeah. slash church. Okay. Take care, man. <laughs> Take care. All right, bye. Uh, Jeremiah in Louisiana on the line. Jeremiah, you have... Uh, two minutes, no. Yes, one minute, go. Joe, Hello? I mean, Jeremiah, go ahead. Hello? Yes. All right, so, do you agree with just what he said this morning about white people being in rulership? He didn't say rulership, that's your word, but I agree with he what said he said. power, power rulership. Yeah, we have so the, you you no, but power, power is not, yeah, power is not rulership. Power is not they, yeah, that they have the power. Yeah, we have the power because we are Christians. We the power is rulership. Yeah, we, no, it's not rulership. You don't buddy. have to. You don't have to be ashamed to say it. Oh, uh, okay, all right. Because if you if you really I'm have not, I, power as Christian men, right, then the world would be at peace. That's what the book says. Right, but so we don't. If the world isn't at peace, then something's not right about what you're saying. Exactly, something is not right about what's going on. Something's not right about what you're saying. Something is not right with the whites. If What's wrong were, with the whites? You, What's wrong with them? Were, if, you had, if you have the power and you are the true Christian, the world would be at peace. Yeah. Because well, everybody maybe. would be following the law No, we would be at peace. But we know that the world doesn't do that. Hold on, so hold on, hold on. What you're saying what you're is saying. not biblical. The world would not it be at biblical. peace. We would be at peace, although the world goes wild. Thanks, man. Appreciate your call. No, no, I, I have to end it early. Ne- negative. Take care, man. Happy White History Month to you.
Thank you, guys. This has been the Hake Report. I want to end with a more shoo-shoo. And I may have to disavow this song, too. But it's the last day of, uh, weekday of White History Month. Enjoy! Shoo-shoo! Um, and I disavow the title of this song, but it'll be there in the description. <laughs> Thanks, guys! The Fallen State, in an hour or so. Nick's stream at 4 p.m. And uh, thank you, Hassan. Great. Uh, appreciate your help. Thanks, guys. Take care. Oh, my God.